Hi folks, thank you so much for downloading this episode of a work-in-progress D&D podcast, a creative experiment of sorts. I'd like to mention that this podcast is not for children. Now, why don't we jump into this adventure? Hi folks, before we jump into this lovely bonus episode, I just want to say that I was a little um, sniffly, so there might be some sniffles in this episode that I was not able to edit out without completely messing up or deleting sections of audio so sorry about that hope you enjoy hi folks welcome back to this second bonus episode of our podcast uh and in this bonus episode we have the lovely ally st john her it's me it's her i'm back and she is playing Bashir, the druid half-orc. Yes, we're very excited to have her back for episode two of the bonus content that we're making for the podcast. Well, why don't we just jump right into this episode? Let's go. All right, let's start with a little recap. In our last bonus episode, we were introduced to the Yellow Duchy, and how it is a duchy that focuses a lot about of animal husbandry and in particular herding or at least our character of this episode is bashir the half-orc who is a goat herder and apparently during the lunchtime of their shift uh the one rather troublesome goat migu had run off and so Bashir gave chase and eventually led them to the top of this hill with these sort of rocky outcroppings uh, where they then discovered that there was a trap door with on top of this hill. And opening it up, descended into this apparently ancient giant's tower that somehow had become buried. While exploring down, they went through a big old door that led them into a giant library and they met a little... Bahir, which is a sort of serpentine, multi-legged, crocodilian, horned creature that we're calling Ven, since that is the giant word for friend. And as they learn, there's more stuff below. Bashir, Ven, and Migu have headed off down further into this strange giant tower. So... That is where we left off and where we begin. So, Allie, playing Bashir, you are traveling down these massive steps still. And you have a little bit of uh, fire elemental light to kind of guide your path. And as you're kind of doing that, you see uh, Ven is looking at it and kind of points at it and says, Ild or ILD, um, pointing at the um, little mote of fire in your hand. Ild. Fire. Mm. Fire. Ild. Ild. Mm. Um, I'm learning to speak giant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Miku. (laughs) Um, And kind of as you're kind of going down, kind of points out a couple other things on your person as you just kind of like taking this moment to like really look at you while you're going down 
and kind of points at the shield on your back and says, Skold, S-K-O-L-D. Skold, shield. Mm-hmm. And as you eventually get down, you come into what looks like another big archway leading to a large open room, or at least the what you can see of it with the light in your palm and your dark vision is able to kind of see. It's a little, it's a big room, so you can't see it. Everything does get a little bit darker beyond your range. But as you're kind of looking around, you hear um, scratching on the wall next to you. You turn around and you see Venz there trying to scratch at this sort of, it looks like a wheel of some sort. Um, and Ven is trying is like pointing at it and it says stig stig uh, s-t-i-g um and it's like trying to like do something with it but he doesn't he isn't quite able to grab on and mm. supposedly turn it um uh i walk on over and i big old crank mm-hmm. as you turn it you see the rune in the in the center of it starts to like light up a little bit and all this sort of light and energy starts to like reverberate and across and around the walls sort of lighting up this whole area and it is this large strange laboratory of sorts um in particular light shoots through these three massive cylindrical glass tubes or pods they seem to be full of liquid of some sort uh and then that light goes down and also lights from underneath this large circular pool in the center but it seems to have like a shine of the same glass so it seems like there are these three large cylinders that sort of not so much in a circle, but there's a like pool in the center with glass over top of it, um, and sort of strange other metal tubing that goes into and the ab- above and below, like seems to go into the uh, these glass tubes of sort. Um, they kind of are around the um, the strange glass in the center i like to draw pictures so that i can kind of get a visual and it kind of looks like i did some very poorly drawn spiders they do kind of look like very funky looking spiders (laughs) insects of some kind but they're cylindrical columns with the tubes to come on the top and the bottom but they they just kind of look like really funky no it's great i love it (laughs) um and so with that just roll a dice here real quick Okay, uh, anything you'd like to kind of check out in this room? Or you can see there is another archway that seems to lead farther down, but in terms of the room here, it's these three large circular glass cylinders and then the circle in the center as well. Great, I'd like to go investigate these uh, cylinders. Yeah, as you get closer to these... Um, strange glass structures with the eerie light that kind of emanates from them 
you watch as you get to close to one of them and you can see shifting through the glass itself are these giant runes that you've seen before um all different kinds um some they're all sort of they aren't very they're very like fluid looking they're sort of curved and some have straight lines but a lot of them are curves and various sort of swirls and things um and as you're kind of looking at it uh then kind of comes over and like points at the one for fire the one for friend um at least the ones that he's told you that you recognize uh he points at let's see i think i gave you that there's like a i think i gave you this giant runic alphabet thing yeah let me find it okay yeah so ild is kind of like this in in and the thing i sent you the top row um all the way at the end is friend and then ild is the one just before that let me see if i can open this so i can edit it because i can't oh you can't oh. do anything with it getting blocked out all the yeah because i was trying to be you know oh wait okay i got it okay Oh. And just fill it all in for me. Oh, cool. All right. Then. <laughs> well, Thanks. So much, for, so much for trying to be mysterious. Sorry, I got it all now. It's all good. But okay. So <laughs> Ben goes through and tells you what these runes are. So blood is blood. Sky is cloud. And you see, and you see basically before you, and as Ben is telling you, and we were going to maybe do a little, have you try to figure out what they all meant, but I guess... You know, it's this... probably for the best. My brain power is low today. That's fair. <laughs> but yes, um, one thing I'll say when he tells you and you kind of learn all these words, um, the uh, six of these runes in particular, uh, the storm rune, the uh, stone rune, the uh, frost rune, the fire rune. Oh, no, sorry. Storm, cloud, stone, frost, fire and hill runes um storm stone frost fire cloud hill uh yeah the cloud should be in between storm and stone um because in terms of like how they're ordered and you saw that those those runes were the six runes that were like down the door when you first entered in in that order ah. um it's storm almost like cloud stone frost fire hill yes okay. um but as you kind of get close and kind of do you put your hand up next to it or anything i'm still at the the glass cylinders yeah right? the glass cylinders that you see these rooms sort of going around i don't really feel any uh inclination to try and touch anything okay okay unless i should no i do you want me to <laughs> i don't want you to think that i want you to do well <laughs> The way you pose the question tells me you want me to try and touch it. So I'm going to reach my hand up. Okay. And I'm going to um, uh, touch the cloud rune. Yeah. Because when you put your hand up to this, you watch as the runes sort of coalesce towards you and get closer for you to actually be able to, like, potentially pick one out. Like, they sort of weave around. Like, you know, those those plasma balls that when you put your hand on it, like, the plasma... Lost, the, like... 
energy, like the yeah, yeah, is drawn to like your fingers and yep. stuff. These runes are drawn to where your hand is, and you watch as the one that you know to be the cloud rune. You put your hand there. Um, could you make a? I'm gonna have you roll a spell check. So we're just gonna have you roll your um, your spell ability, which is your wisdom, uh, with a d20. So this will be. It's going to be DC 20 because what is attempting to happen is going to be a bit tough as you touch the cloud rune. Okay. So, hmm. uh, 12. 12? Okay. So as you go and, like, all the runes are there sort of moving about floating and you go to the cloud rune and you touch it, you can feel the magic that seems to be floating through this cylinder. You're trying, like... You can feel like there's an attempt to try and solidify that rune within this cylinder. And there's a moment where you think you have it, but then the magic sort of breaks off um, and scatters again. And the runes kind of break apart and then slowly start to like, like snow form back and float around in your space mm. again. Um, I want to try again. You want to try again? I want to try again. All right. Give it one more go. 16. 16. You get closer this time, but you're not able to completely solidify the power of the room within this cylinder. Mm -hmm. um, which, as you attempt that the second time, you start to hear scurrying of feet and something coming up the, uh, the stairs from the other archway that seems to lead the opposite or not the way you entered, but the other entrance. As you watch as these three strange sort of flea-like bipedal or uh, quadrupedic monsters with big old tails and feelers kind of like as they kind of, their feelers are like moving around. They see you pointing at you and they start making their, and they start rushing at you. So I am going to need you to roll some initiative. Great, where's Migu? Migu is on your back. He's still on my back. Migu okay. is still on your back. Great. Yes. Okay. Um, um, well, I should probably get a initiative thing going, huh? Uh, oh, no, I don't have one here. That's a problem. Well, it's okay. I will be right back. I got to grab a thing. Sorry. Silly me, silly me. 
Okay. What did you roll? Uh, four. Four. And if you could also roll for Ven as well, he gets a plus three to his dex. Thirteen. Thirteen. Alrighty. And one of these monsters. These strange flea-like creatures. Roll one for the third one. So, as we go into combat, folks, as these strange flea-like creatures run up towards Bashir, and so at the top of the round, it is actually going to be Ven's turn, the lovely little young Bashir that has become friends with Bashir. <laughs> so, uh, Allie, if you would be so kind as to roll... Uh, actually, I think as it's they're running, as two of them are running close in a line, you watch as Bashir reaches back, lightning starts to crackle in his mouth, and he launches down and like a fire hose, shoots out lightning at these monsters. Uh, I'm gonna roll some deck saves, but would you be able to? Let's see. Um, that's success. That's a failure. So number one is going to take half. Number two is going to take full. So, Allie, could you roll for me some 6d4? Give you some there so it's easier for you. And this lightning bolt is just shot out. Mm -hmm. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 11, 12, 16 damage. 16 points of damage. So number one will take half that and take eight. And number two will take the full 16 as the lightning reaches out and arcs along their carapace hides, um, screaming out in strange bug flea noises, I guess. Um, number one is going to run up to you, Bush, Bushier. Yep. And is going to attempt to... Dun, 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 make a bite attack against you okay. that's a natural one Whoop. so you watch as it runs past you and you dodge the way and it smacks itself into the glass tubing sort of knocking the wind out of its sails for a moment uh this other monster number two is going to make a bite attack against then and that's also a natural one. <laughs> uh, it's been too electrocuted, and it's it's not able to figure out what it wants to. It just it it's cannot. A disoriented. It's very disoriented. <laughs> well, Bashir, it's your turn. You've got Migu on your back, and uh, a big lightning noodle is a friend, and these three insectoid-like monsters in front of you, with uh, number one being the closest, number two being right up next to your friend, and uh, number three is lagging behind. Great. Number three is the one that's taking the most damage. Number two, the one that is up against Van. Van. Okay. Um, I'm gonna attack number two uh, with my scimitar. With your scimitar? Okay. Yeah. Uh, make a an attack. Roll. Uh, 
18. 18. That is a hit. Did you roll that damage for me? Four. Four points of damage. Yep. All right. This thing is, you were able to get in and cut, and you're able to cut it pretty deeply, but you watch as you hit it with your scimitar, your blade starts to rust a little bit. <sighs> No. Uh, as these are rust monsters. No! Um, so... No metal. No metal. Uh, and if you could put a negative one penalty to your damage roll on your uh, scimitar for me, that would be great, as it has become rustier. Okay, so normally my damage is 1d6 plus 2, so it's just going to be plus 1. Yes. Okay, great. And I'll have to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah, I would also just make like keep the negatives slightly separate. Oh, I did. I kept my two d six plus two, and then I just put a little minus one. Great, perfect. Yeah, Uh, because something could happen if it reaches a certain negative. Um, Well, it is Rust Monster number three's turn, and it is going to run up to you, Bashir, and I need you to make a dexterity saving throw as its antennas start to leap towards you, specifically towards your scimitar. No. Okay, I'm making a dex. Uh, 14. 14, that is good. You're able to keep your scimitar away from its strange little feelery antennae. Uh, but now it is the top of the round, and it is Ven's turn. If you could roll a d6 for me. If you roll a 6, he gets his lightning breath back. 6! Oh, damn! All right, well... <laughs> Uh, do you want Ven to use his lightning breath again? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go, little buddy. I, I will say Ven will be able to hit, um, uh, Rust Monster number two, which is really hurt, and Rust Monster number three as they are right up on you, and Rust Monster number one is still shaking off its head from hitting the glass. So I need to make a dexterity saving throw, and if you want to get these D4s ready again... Okay, that, those are both successes, but depending how much damage this is, it might still fry number two. Ooh. Okay. Oh, lordy. Yeah, That's okay. three fours. Yep. Four, eight, 12, uh, 17, 18, 20 points of damage, so, so 10. So 10 is the halved amount. That's really good, and you watch as... Then once again reaches back and <laughs> lightning breathes out. It hits number one. No, sorry, no, two number and three. three. Two and three. Thank you. Hits number three and the lightning crackles around. And you watch as it leaps onto number two and the lightning just shocks it and fries it and it like curls up and on its back and starts to kind of curl up like most insects do when they uh, mm-hmm. when they perish. So that is a dead rust monster but now it is rust monster numbers one turn and it's going to attempt another bite attack against our loved vet and that's a five and plus three does not hit Bashir or Bashir um so that's that turn Bashir it is now your turn great my quarterstaff is not metal it's not okay and you have shillelagh too as a bonus action Yes, so I'm going to shillelagh quarterstaff and like just sort of like go to smush it like the bug that it is. Yeah, you're gonna hit number number one. one. Yes. Number yeah. One. Okay. Sixteen plus five, twenty-one. Twenty-one. That is a hit. Okay, one d eight. 
four. Four points of damage. <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, just got overexcited. It did. Smash, 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 smash. And just barely got it at all. It's kind of like squished his little leggies. Yes. <laughs> all right. And then number three is going to, you know, now that's right itself, it's going to run at you and attempt to bite at you. And maybe this one will hit. Nope. No, six does not hit you. Uh, back to the top of the round. It is Ven's turn again. If you'd like to roll a d6, and if you get a... Yes! Oh, my gosh. Come on, buddy! All right, well, <laughs> let's do that breath attack again then, okay. yeah? We'll say it's going to be able to hit both of these two. Uh, they both save, okay. so they'll take half, but, you know, you could still deal a ton of damage to them. Ah, I lost one. Oh, no. Gotta be a, it's got to be on the table. Ah, but it was a four on the floor. You have a four there, four and four. two twos <laughs> equal four, so... And oh, I rolled a four again anyway. Uh, okay. All right. All, all right. right. So, four, eight, that's 12. Oh, boy. 13, 15. Okay, 15. Halved is... Um, You're going to take seven? Did we round seven. out? Yeah, we round out. So seven points of damage to each of them. They're both looking pretty hurt, though, I, I must say. They're not quite as... Uh, dead yet, but they are definitely getting close. Not dead yet. Not dead yet. I can sing and dance. Um, well, that was Ven's turn with the third lightning breath. He's doing work. Uh, it is going to be Russ Monster number one's turn. Is going to make the attack against Ven and actually hits. So Ven will take. Where's my D8? My red one. There it is. One. <laughs> Two, two points of damage on good, sweet Ven there as it bites in, and Ven is able to sort of shake it off pretty easily. Uh, but now it is your turn, Bashir. What would you like to do? I'm going to attempt to shillelagh quarterstaff again and just Absolutely. try and smoosh him. All right. Uh, number one or number three? Uh, one. All right. Uh, that's going to be a 21 again. That is a hit. It's going to be th- four oh, again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Roll the exact same things. Oof, but this, you hit it, though, and you smack it really good, and it's, it's it's high to starting to crack a little bit with the lightning, and you're hitting it with your magical quarterstaff. Uh, but it is now Rough Monster number three's turn, and it is going to force you to make a dexterity saving throw to try and get at your scimitar again, because it's a, it wants it. Nat 20. Okay, fine. Keep your scimitar, <laughs> I guess. Um, as you're very easily able to dance out of the way. Uh, we're back to the top of the round again. It is Ben's turn. You want to roll that d6 again? See if you're going to be three for three? Yep. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> All right. This has the chance of literally probably killing these things. Let me roll the... Uh... <laughs> And those are failures. This uh, this might be the thing that doesn't work. Okay, here we go. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve points of damage. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Allie, do you want to describe what it looks like when Ven completely just roasts these two last rust monsters? Yeah, so similar to what you described with like the um, like the electric orb mm-hmm. thing. Like you can just see the electricity crackling through like every little crevice of their bodies, and they start to like 
hover off the ground a little bit. Oh and like all of their legs are extended and then they just sort of hit the ground. Beautiful. Man, wow, Ven did some work in that. Yeah, fight. really Bashir did nothing. And Bashir sort of looks around and is like, Oh. Oh hey, hey, nice nice job there, little guy. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, 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 good job. Mat, mat, <laughs> mat. Um so yeah, that happened. <laughs> um, but now you essentially are able to at least have free reign of this room if you want to attempt the pillar again, or if you want to continue on going down, you are more than welcome to as well. Mm, yeah, let's try this pillar one more time. All right. Uh, I should have said this before, but if you'd like, since you didn't use any spell slots in this fight, if you'd like to expend any of spell slots to grant yourself a bonus to the roll, uh, based on the level that spell used, you can. So you get a plus one, add it to your roll for a first level spell slot, plus two if you use a second, or uh, plus three, so on. If you'd right. like to, since you didn't expend Yeah, anything. I'll do a, um, a level one. A level, all right. So it'll be your, you'll be the 20 plus your wisdom plus one for expending that spell now i can't roll well i can no. roll well in, in combat but okay so that's seven oh, so yeah. not not happening all right he's i'm real tired that's yeah we concentrate you can. we should just keep going let's just keep going come on little buddy okay so you head on down farther below um as you continue on, you start to smell rot. It seems like whatever in this room below is probably more organic. And you can smell that sort of sweet, sickly, rotting, fungal, moldy smell. Um, and then as you go down, you can see... There is some light here, and it's mainly from phosphorescent or just like glowing fungus and such. And you can see, it seems like this storage room, what this room used to be was in a storage room. So you can see various crates and barrels seems to have been broken and now are covered in various um, funga. Funga? Fung, fung, Fungi? What? Yes, wow. Fungus uh, and mold. Um you can kind of see the spores floating through the air. Um, but you also see something um, in the back, something shiny and glittering uh, within the uh, large areas of mold and such. Um, if you'd like to go check that out, you're more than welcome to. Yes, I would like to go check it out. If you could, though, could you make a constitution saving throw as you're walking through these spores and things? Twelve. Twelve, okay. Should yeah. I roll for Migu also? <laughs> oh, yes, I believe we should. Hold on, I have his stats right here. If you could roll, it's just a straight roll. <laughs> 19. Okay, Migu. <laughs> Migu's fine. Oh, he's be. actually very, uh, he's very excited about the smell yes, of it, all the organic yes, all material. The, Miku will eat just about anything. Yeah. Uh, and then if you could roll another d20 and add two. 13. 
All right, cool. Ven is also safe from the sort of slightly toxic spores that are sort of in the air. Um, give me one moment. I'm trying to get to a thing. Because I was like, yeah, I'll do this. Why not? And we're almost there. Good thing I wrote what page this is on. All right. So as you get closer to this, uh, these shiny things, can you make a perception check for me? Um, seventeen. Seventeen. Just before you get too close, you notice that whatever this sort of glittery thing is it seems that there is a patch of yellow mold on it mm. which you know from being out and about in nature it's a rather poisonous uh mold that generally will inject some rather nasty spores worse than the ones that are currently floating around you at the moment mm -hmm. um which could you make a nature check for Uh, 19 plus 4, so 19. Alright. You know that yellow mold can be destroyed by any amount of sunlight or fire. Oh, perfect. Yes, we'll destroy um, a patch of yellow mold. Great. Um, I produce flame. Alright. And you chuck it at this little patch of mold, and your little elemental calcifer-like moat of flame goes, Wee! <laughs> uh, and as you go down to look at this, it seems like the shiny objects beneath said mold were three more of those giant gold coins. Um, as well as it seems something that looks to be of some sort of diamond-shaped crystal, kind of like a smaller version of that one that was in the door frame that came out and kind of scanned you and asked you, Ven or Uven. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Um, can I... I'm trying to decide if it's worth it to use detect magic in this space. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Before I pick anything up or touch it, I would like to use Detect Magic. Yeah, you cast Detect Magic. And what, is, what does Detect Magic feel like or look like or for Bashir? Does it like he, his eyes glow and he just sees magic? Or is it like he smells magic? Like, how does, <laughs> how does it affect Yeah, Bashir? I imagine it's kind of like... Um... Like an infrared scanner, kind of like, and like everything sort of like has this like glow, mm -hmm. um, like when you use like a black light and like everything starts to like <laughs> make itself known. I think that's kind of what's going on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, yes. So as you do your detect magic black light, <laughs> you do see that this little diamond shape seems to have like a small sort of weak pulse of magic to it it seems to be sort of a combination of um like 
divination style magic mm. um maybe some illusion magic in it as well uh but also your eyes sort of or you also get another ping of some sort of magic and it seems to be in the shape of like a book of sorts um that also seems to be close by within this patch of mold great um i pocket the coins and the crystal okay so as oh. you go to the crystal and you pick it up you notice that there is a slightly decaying skeletal humanoid hand that was holding on to ah! uh, so as you pick it up you see it there and it kind of slumps down and you kind of follow it and it seems to be like slightly covered in the mold or the remains of whatever clothing as you and it's skeletal head i guess is gone but you can see that there apparently was a body right oh, here oh uh, i don't want to steal from a dead body but you do see that the magical book is apparently close by to this person great i gently like set the crystal back down undisturbed in this hand uh -huh. um but i do pocket the coins okay um and i make my way over to the book okay so you're able to pick up the book and you can see um it is close by the other skeletal hand of this humanoid individual they have a really long wingspan or are they no like it's it's pretty like the say the it's just like how the oh, it's just kind of laying down like dead um okay. sort of a thing and um yeah it seems that even though the clothes on this individual's body and all the other stuff around here uh has deteriorated it seems like this book has somehow survived most of the passage passing of time and as you open it up you can see this tome has various arcane calculations and um, theories in it, which suggests that this individual must have been a wizard or some sort. Uh, but you also, as you go to sort of pass the, uh, the spell stuff, you do find that part of his spell book, I guess he started writing it as a journal. Um, and uh, what I have written below is what is legible. But we'll get to what's in the book in a second. We're going to take a little break, folks. And then Ali slash Bashir is going to read a dead wizard's journal. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you in a bit. Hi, folks. Welcome to the mid-break. I hope you're enjoying this second bonus episode with myself and Ali. I just want to give a little update on the channel is that um, there will be one more main episode with my brothers and I after this one, and then hopefully, if time allows, one more bonus episode finishing out this little mini arc with Allie. And then after that, there will be a little Q&A sort of wrap-up session with my brothers for this sort of first arc season whatever you'd like to call it and then it'll probably be a little bit of time and then we'll hop into um the second arc with my brothers yeah so anyway let's get back to this episode welcome back folks we're back with ali as bashir currently looking through the journal and spellbook of some long dead wizard we've gotten into this 
ruin of sorts somehow. So, Bashir, or I should really say Allie, question for you. Mm. I have written down what the notes are that Bashir is about to read. Would you like me to read them to you, or would you like to read them out loud yourself? I will read them out loud myself. All right, I'm going to turn my laptop around. Uh, I will say, in terms of... This is basically how you're able to read it. Is there, even though the book has survived molding, there's still some, uh, well, the book has only survived so much of the notes and ellipses, just where things start and end are legible. And then the, the backslashes are the uh, moving on to other parts that are legible. Okay. If, is that good? Mm-hmm. We're starting right here? Yeah, starting at okay. Expedition. Expedition to Blue Mountains to explore uncovered giant age ruins has been delayed due to trouble hiring experienced mountaineers to take us up to the div. Hmm. 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 My colleague and I have discussed that if we find even a hint of what we are looking for, that an accident might befall our hired help. Oh no. Hmm. The ruins are grander than even we could have anticipated. Giant runes never before translated. Line the... <laughs> this combination indicates... Okay, well that was a convenient place to lose some words. I believe we... <laughs> okay. My eyes have finally adjusted from the flash of light. Okay, it was in our grasp, but now I seem to be elsewhere. Teleportation seems to have been the cause. I must explore my new surroundings. Interesting. Okay. The runes I combined seem to have created a small serpent-like creature. Uh-huh. Okay. Small crystal might hold no... Not knowledge. Might hold knowledge, perhaps. Must find exit. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So perhaps... Perhaps the runes created our little friend. Hmm... I don't know that I like this wizard very much. Well, he's dead. Or she. They. They're dead. They're dead. Yeah. Don't like this. Uh, our hired help might befall an accident if we find what we're looking for. That feels uh, quite sinister. A shady. Yeah. A little, a little shady. Mm, indeed. Well, now that you know what you know, or at least sort of know a little bit more, let's... What's Bashir thinking in this moment? Bashir kind of like takes a little stealthy peek over at Ven. Uh, who I will say at this moment is kind of like digging at some of the fungus and like getting at some of the like glowing mushrooms and being like, nom 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 and eating them. <laughs> um, uh sort of scoping out the room looking for like anything that might indicate um that it's a a facilitator of teleportation make a make an investigation check for me not very good uh six six uh as you kind of look around this old record of a storage room you're not able to really see anything that might indicate a you know, space of teleportation or like mm-hmm. a, a circle of sorts. And it seems like where there might have been a door or like a doorway into another room below this one, it seems like a lot of the 
cave, a lot of the walls have been kind of crushed, and it seems that however this thing was wound up where it did, it seems lower levels got so damaged where you can't even get to them anymore. At least mm-hmm. by just simply walking down to them. Um, you would need maybe a bit more uh, equipment to try and mm-hmm. get to any further level below this. But Yes, my woodcarver's tools might not be quite there. No, sadly <laughs> not. Sadly not. Yeah. Okay. Um... Great, can I take the book? Mm-hmm. Great, so take up the book. Um, and I would like to further investigate the room. Okay. Uh, do you want to pick up the small crystal? No, I'm not going to stay with the, the dead hand grasping it. Actually, you know what? No, because I don't like this guy, so I'm going to take it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So you took the wizard's uh, spell book with his journal and also the small crystal that he was holding, which I say... The small crystal is reminiscent of the um, of the uh, the one that you saw here. So it it has a similar like shape and texture of that large one that scanned you. It almost mm-hmm. is like a miniature version of that. Mm-hmm. What purpose it serves, you're not sure, but it definitely emanates with some magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I pluck it from those cold, dead, bony fingers. All right. You want to keep exploring this room? Yeah. Okay. Uh, roll me another investigation check. Or, you know what, or nature, or survival, something along those lines. Okay. Um, Since it's I'm going to do survival, okay. so that's a 14. 14. While going through, you're able to find, uh, like, a good handful of, let's say, like, five mushrooms that are very useful in the creation of making potions, like, little minor healing potions uh, that seem to have grown here. Uh, You can, if you like, take some of the phosphorescent mushrooms that could be useful um, in other potion making, like potions that have phosphorescence to them. My brain like completely just (laughs) lost my train of thought there. But essentially you get about five mushrooms that can be used to create potions of healing and then as many phosphorescent mushrooms as you feel necessary for you know they can be used for potions where they can honestly are safe enough to eat um we'll say that if they're eaten they make your tongue glow for like an hour because <laughs> that sounds fun Um, okay, I will take, like, a handful of those, too. Okay, so let's say five. Yeah. That sounds like a good handful of mushrooms. All right. Well, since, sadly, there's no further way to go down, I guess you go back up. I guess we go back up. Yeah. Anything you'd like to do as you head out of this ruined giant keep? Um... I'm going to attempt these tubes one more time. (laughs) You're intrigued now that you have an idea of what they might do. I know. I might be able to create organic life. (laughs) Might be. All right. Well, if you want to use up uh, another spell slot, you are more than welcome to. Yeah, I'm going to use a level two spell slot. All right, cool. So you'll have your wisdom plus two for the second level. And, you know, the DC is 20. 
I'll give you advantage. See if, uh... Nat 20. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have given you advantage. It's fine. All right, let me just go back into my notes. Okay, so what? You're going to still focus on that cloud rune? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> so you watch as the cloud rune, you are able to, and you focus your energy and you actually get it to solidify almost and stick. And then you watch as this sort of energy, the rune sort of expands around it and then it sucks in. And suddenly within this sort of liquid, energy is just like surging through it and sort of like morphing and blorbing and doing all sorts of stuff. So that's one of these uh, cylinders. Do you want to do it to one of the other two? Yep. Okay, I will, since you got that natural 20, I'm going to let you pick two more runes for the other two. Okay. Because then there's going to be an additional check okay. to be made to essentially combine the three. Interesting. Okay, cloud. Um, so sky rune, cloud. Yeah, let's do stone. Stone, okay, so cloud, stone. All right. And hill. Cloud, stone, and hill. Okay. So you watch as all these runes have done that thing. So the energy is there. So like sort of this literally like grayish white energy from cloud. You see this sort of darker gray uh, energy from the stone. And you see this sort of greenish brown color from the hill. Now you watch as like that. You watch as the uh, the circular glass area beneath you which is like sort of the water water beneath starts to glow as well uh, and you can feel energy sort of pulsing and going towards the center of this sort of glass circle um, sort of in that same feeling like this is where you have to then put your next bit of energy so I need you to make one last check it's going to be another DC 20 this is either an arcana or a nature check to try and attempt to combine uh, these energies. Um, you are can also do the same thing with the spells if you'd like to um, give yourself a bonus. Uh, yeah, I'll do another second, second level. level. So okay. I've got a plus two there. Okay. And then I have a plus four to nature. Okay, so, so plus six. Plus six to this roll. Okay. DC is 20 again. That's <laughs> uh, seven plus a six, so seven. 13. 13. <laughs> um, that is. All right, so you watch as these energies. Keep... I, I'm just gonna keep rolling worse and worse. Oh no! So like, don't don't you fret. <laughs> I understand. Just, sometimes you just gotta see. <laughs> no, I know. I understand. Um, so you watch as these energies that you start to feel it and send some of your spell energy and trying to like connect these three runic magics together and they sort of coalesce and start to morph and form and you watch as various forms start to try and like, you know form out of this energy as it's like tries to create wings or you know claws and teeth and everything just sort of cuts going and you feel your energy but then you start to lose it and it starts to distract you as you're watching this thing form and you, like you are literally trying to create life of mm -hmm. sorts and you lose the focus and and like kind of pull away and you watch as this massive energy starts to like 
undulate in different colors and then it like stops and just becomes this gray mass oh no um, uh that starts to um that just starts to float there and you watch as you can start to feel like as um the the glass starts to open and to go and the liquid starts to drain oh no and you start leaving and you watch as there's this just great mass Blob. there which then starts to like move itself no uh, as um well you didn't create you, you created life it just it doesn't have too much shape but you did create a gray ooze a gray ooze yes it seems in terms of failing this attempt these energies coalesced into an ooze is this our ooze sentient um sentient in the fact that they have very much a want of just to feed basically um you know like a gelatinous cube yeah you basically created not exactly a gelatinous cube but an ooze creature so it is a it is that Ah. so it is it's sentient it's the idea is that you weren't able to create a solid creature but you created something something yeah, I guess I'm, I ask because I need to know what my um, responsibility is to this ooze. Well, it starts to just kind of, um, let me see, I kind of read a little thing about gray ooze. Actually, it's like, it just like kind of starts to slither like a snake as it seems it's just like feeling the area around it. Um, and you get the sense that it uh, is like searching for like food. Food. Um, can I roll perception for how Ven is reacting to this? Uh, yeah, or even an insight check. An insight, yeah. Okay. Mm. I have a plus three to both, so. Eight. Eight. So close to an 18. Uh, you definitely see Ven kind of looking and just, like, has a cocked head, but you can't tell if it's just, like, as quizzical about this or even understands sort of what has happened. Yeah. And if you could roll a... Why don't you roll a nature or survival check for me? Okay. I'll give you an uh, advantage on it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, 21. So you... You know, seeing this ooze creature, that oozes are something that people have talked about and have appeared in the wild before. But you you get the feeling that maybe some of the oozes that exist in the world and other creatures that exist in the world might be because of whatever this experiment is. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that maybe the oozes that are found within dungeons and other parts of the world here. potentially might be failed experiments sure. of these of these giants yeah i guess my what i what I, i'm really trying to think through is like 
is this an evil thing that I need to like take care of before I leave? Is it going to, can I just like let it do its thing in here and just leave it behind? Or do I have some sort of parental obligation to this ooze and I need to take it with me somehow? <laughs> um, well, you get the sense that this thing is very much based, it is based on just an instinct of wanting to sort of just survive, like mm-hmm. a survival instinct. So it just kind of goes and like, seems to be searching for food of some sort. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that like this thing will survive. There is organic material down below mm-hmm. that it can feed on. There's stuff that it can, it will survive. And I'm not, I don't want to say give it a chance to, you know, that you should keep it for you. Cause keeping this sort of ooze it will see you as food as well right i guess that's my thing is like it it doesn't really know the difference between like me trying to help it versus it just having its single focus of like i just need to consume Mm -hmm. um and i don't know what type of damage it does and like i don't want to put migu at risk Mm -hmm. so i i'm gonna take those um phosphorescent mushrooms that i collected and i'm gonna like Right in front of its nose, like its nose, quote unquote it's, nose, yes. um, whatever part of it is leading, I'm yes. going to drop them and create a trail that goes back down mm, so yes. that it can find its way easily to where the organic material is that it can consume and like it can hang out down there. I like that. Yes, I like <laughs> that a lot. Yeah, so you watch this. It sort of slithers. It's it's moving slowly enough because it's like figuring it out, but it you're able to kind of dip down. It kind of smells you and starts mm. to kind of go towards you but i imagine you get a little set up and before it has a chance to really address you as a food source it starts to go to the mushrooms and then it goes down and you watch as it sort of slithers down and yeah. away as it smells the organic material below yeah. okay great yes i feel okay about that decision <laughs> i think that's a, that was a that was a good decision <laughs> Like, I have a sense of responsibility to this thing that I created. It didn't ask to be created, and I don't want to keep it. So, like, I need to do something about this. <laughs> Fair. So, yeah. You, uh... Bashir created life. Huh. Kind of look at Zen. All right, little buddy. Let's go. Yeah. And Migu's like, Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Miku's just uh, along for the ride. Totally. So, yeah, as you eventually find your way up and out, it is definitely much later in the day. It would take you a good hour to even get back to um, your fellow herder and the herd. Um, So as the sun is sort of setting, uh, what does Bashir do? Um... We're up at the top of the hill, and mm-hmm. I can sort of, like, see in the distance my herd, and, like, they're all making their way in for the night, and I look off in the other direction, and I don't know what I see over there. Um, well, let's see. What direction is your herd in? To is the south. To the south? So north? You look north, and you can see way far in the distance, over some more of the hills, sort of the... The very tip and faded um, sort of, uh, oh, what's the term? Uh, 
it's where things that are farther away start to like you know become a little hazy and fun mm-hmm. atmospheric oh, i can't remember but you see way back in the north you can see the blue mountains just kind of you know off in that hazy sort of foggy distance that happens and as like the golden light of the sun sort of shines on you just kind of wonder what it was maybe this wizard and his companions found that sent him all the way to where you are mm-hmm. and yeah you set up camp yep, with on your the new hill. friend Ven and Migu and this strange little magical crystal in your hand who knows what sort of knowledge it might hold yep and that's where we're gonna end this episode thank you for joining us on bonus episode number two i'm excited to do potentially maybe one more of these bonus episodes to sort of figure out what bashir is going to do with all this new knowledge that he has half knowledge half knowledge (laughs) (laughs) all right folks we'll see you later bye Well, that concludes this second bonus episode of our podcast. Um, If you'd like to support us, you know, don't forget to like, rate, leave a review, share with a friend, or, you know, any and all of the above in regards to the podcast. Uh, If you are interested in sending us any questions about the the podcast or just anything, uh, good words, bad words, uh, you can send us an email at awipdndpodmail at gmail.com, and that's spelled out A-W-I-P-D-N-D-P-O-D-M-A-I-L at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at a work in progress dnd podcast at a whip dnd pod. I also want to obviously give an incredible shout out to Allie for joining me in these little bonus episodes. I will be linking her website and such information down in the uh, show notes below. Uh, You should really go check out all of her work that she does for theater and youth and intimacy directing. And uh, it would help us out immensely as well. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, I'm excited to sort of finish up this arc with my brothers and even this bonus series with uh, Allie. And get ready to start diving in a little bit more into what I have planned for the second arc of the whole podcast. So thank you for listening and uh, see you all next time. Ta-ta for now.